providing real solutions for real industry challenges. Welcome to FNF Unplugged, the talk of the title industry. Well, welcome everyone to another installment of our uh, FNF Unplugged podcast. And today we are really honored and happy to have with us Mike Nolan. Mike is the president of Fidelity National Financial. Many of you have probably had a chance to meet Mike at Alta One and at other events, but uh, they sort of keep him locked up because he's kind of busy an awful lot of the time. And so we are really happy to have Mike with us here today. Mike, welcome to FNF Unplugged. And again, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks, Chuck. It's great to be involved. I appreciate the invite and the opportunity. You and I go back to, as I like to say, the last century when uh, you were managing Ohio for Chicago title and I was uh, an agent in Cincinnati. So we've known each other a long time. But tell me, uh, other than, uh, you know, once you, uh, you know, got out of the uh, now men's basketball power, Loyola University of Chicago, how did you get into the title insurance industry? Because very few people, uh, even uh, in high school, think, well, I really want to be an executive in the title insurance industry. That's true. And, and maybe before I go into that, I, I do have to correct something. I was an agency rep and I was calling on Chuck, who was at a, an agency firm in Cincinnati, and I could never get any business out of Chuck. So I wasn't <laughs> running Chicago title, but, but I have known Chuck a long time and he's, he's a great friend and a, and a great person. In terms of, yeah, you know, you're right. It's uh, a lot of us sort of stumble into, into the industry. And, and really, you know, as I think about it, even coming out of high school, I was probably like a lot of kids. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I didn't know what field to go into. And I was even pretty intimidated about college. And I, I, I took a year off and worked partly because I, I needed to earn some money to go to college, but I just didn't really know where to go. And, and then when I went back to school, I went to a local college there in the Chicago area, not Loyola. I hadn't gotten there yet. And I was kind of studying business and because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. And I did that for about two and a half years and then thought, oh, I don't know about this business career. Stopped college again, went back to work for a while. Then I, I did go to Loyola and decided to become a communications major with maybe a thought process that I would go into journalism, actually. You know, I like to write and I thought, well, that, that might be kind of a cool thing to do. And that's really what led me to the title industry, believe it or not, because while I was at Loyola in, a, you know, in the communications program, they had an internship program. And they said, well, hey, you ought to look at this internship program and we can help you get set up with some interviews with some local companies. And one of the local companies was Chicago Title and Trust Company, which also owns Chicago Title Insurance Company. And I didn't have a clue what Chicago Title and Trust Company really did or was, but I went and had the interview. This was uh, kind of for the first semester of, of my senior year and I got the job. And I, I think I had two attributes that really set me apart and allowed me to get it. The first one was, I'm pretty sure I was the only applicant. And the second <laughs> one was that I was willing to work for free. <laughs> so it was an unpaid internship, 20 hours a week, Monday to Friday. And, you know, I, I got it and you know, I largely made copies and got the coffee and donuts, but it was great. You know, I was in a, in a business setting. I was kind of getting a feel for what it's like to show up for work every day and, and do those sorts of things. And, and then uh, that ended and I went back and finished out my second semester and graduated. And again, really didn't have a strong plan about what I wanted to do. I was 
you know, it took me a while to get through college with stopping to work and things. And I was really just thinking about kind of goofing off for a while. And then about a week into that great plan, they called me up and offered me a full-time job. And so I took the job and that, that's how I got started. And so I was in the sort of corporate marketing department of, of Chicago Title and Trust. I did that for about, I don't know, maybe seven years. And then I was offered an opportunity to move over to the, the title insurance company and I became an agency rep. And I did that in Illinois for a few years and moved to Ohio, as we just talked about. And I was an agency rep there for maybe another four or five years. So that, that's really, you know, when I think about it, I, I view as my real introduction to the title business was kind of that agency time. And, and it was great. I mean, I, I just learned a lot about the industry. I learned a lot about, you know, the different people in the industry and, you know, obviously got to know you and Marty at the time who you worked with there in, in Cincinnati. And, and then kind of from there, I ended up on the direct side and then Fidelity bought us in 2000 and kind of just got increasing responsibilities over time and sit here, you know, 38 years later. That's quite a journey. And coming through it through the communications aspect of it, I think is really interesting because so few people have come into uh, the industry uh, through that route, unless they were in sales and simply stayed in sales. And certainly, as you and I know, if you sort of grew up in the industry and you knew the title insurance industry in Chicago and Cleveland, you're pretty much prepared for the rest of the world <laughs> as, to, yeah. uh, as to the title insurance industry. And, you know, this was a time too, where maybe it was like this in a lot of places, but I, I just got kind of tossed in. I When I took the agency job, um, I didn't have a clue really what, what that job uh, entailed. And I think the second day on the job, I was already driving around the state of Illinois in my car calling on agents. So <laughs> it was a little bit of sink or swim. And I, I guess I was able to swim a little bit. Well, I want to thank you for forgiving me for not sending uh, you uh, enough business back in the agency <laughs> days uh, and keeping me employed here at FNF. It's, uh, it's been a wonderful time here. And I think uh, you know, certainly our uh, listeners are interested as to your perspective. You know, we're, we're obviously coming out of, uh, I think, could easily be described as the most challenging 18 months or so of our industry. What's transpired since uh, last March? What, especially as to our industry, most surprised you and what has most impressed you? Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, no question, the most challenging. As I said, I've been doing this 38 years. You, you've probably been doing it uh, close to the same. And there's no question this was an event like no other. And, uh, you know, I guess when you talk about surprises, the first one was the pandemic itself. I don't think anybody had that in the forecast for 2020. But when it happened, you know, just for some context, you know, we were coming into to 2020 with incredible momentum, certainly our, our company, but I, I'm sure it was true of the industry with, you know, commercial was very strong residential purchase was strengthening. You had a lot of refinance activity going on. And then, you know, mid-March, it just stopped. And we had uh, a period there between the back end of March and April where our order volumes were falling, you know, 35, 45%. And then you, you add on to that the unemployment that was occurring and, and what you were reading every day in the paper around job loss if you asked me to forecast what was going to happen, it was probably pretty dire. And, uh, you know, slow recovery, uh, low uh, transactional activity. And I really felt that, and I, I think others shared this, but, but maybe not everyone, that there'd be a lot of fallout. You know, I expected 
deals in process to cancel. I expected closing times to elongate. You know, when you think about a lot of people maybe started a transaction and lost their job before they could close it, you know, that likely would lead to maybe a canceling. So on the surprise category, uh, that actually didn't happen. You know, we got a pretty fast recovery starting really in May, and that strengthened kind of week by week. We did not see, and, and this might be the most surprising to me still, any uh, lengthening of closing times. You know, we measure our refi open to closes and our purchase open to closes. We don't really think the same way in commercial, of course. And if you go back and look at that data, it's very consistent and historically in line with, with where we've been. I still am amazed by that. And we didn't see a lot of cancellations, at least uh, a, a noticeable number of, of cancellations. Maybe maybe that occurred a little bit in the commercial side, but uh, I tell you, I, I just, I'm, I'm still kind of surprised uh, on just how well everything kind of went back and, and actually became just an incredibly strong market. And obviously, as just as you're implying here, the, the industry, so we adapted so, so well, quickly. That's a great point, Chuck, and I, I'm glad you're emphasizing that. And it's not just the title industry, because the title industry did a phenomenal job, but it's really the, the broader real estate industry. When you think about you know, all the participants, real estate agents, lenders, appraisers, inspectors, notaries, title companies, you know, everybody kind of had to rise up to this challenge and deal with lockdowns and masking and social distancing. And at the same time, all this transactional activity. And it was probably as important as it's ever been when you think about consumers and people who were refinancing or buying and selling it was so critical to get those transactions done. It, it m- might be the difference for a person who either was worried about their job or lost their job between you know, paying their bills or not paying their bills if they're able to lower their mortgage payment or tap their equity. And uh, I just couldn't be, and, and I've said this to, to our employees a number of times, I, I couldn't be more proud of the work that was done. And again, I would say it applies to the, the broader industry as well as the title industry. Well, I think that's very well said. And as these COVID programs and responses sort of begin to wind down, we're coming out of uh, the certainly the large numbers of forbearance. We're starting to see the CFPB send out uh, memos and letters advising lenders about how to proceed with uh, modification, things like that. But as we come out of these things, you know, what improvements or innovations in the industry do you see as continuing to gain ground or, or perhaps fade away? Well, you know, I think one of the things that got a lot of focus through the pandemic was digital or electronic closings, you know, e-signing, all those things. That got a lot more attention. And, and, you know, for for good reasons. We were trying to figure out how to be socially distant and, and all that stuff. Those technologies have actually been around a really long time. We've had digital signing tools for for decades and um, but they kind of became more important during the pandemic. The reality is, from a use standpoint, the numbers didn't appreciably increase. I mean, there were certainly more RON signings and certainly more use of audiovisual signing tools, uh, RIN and all these different names and Avon and all this other stuff. But when you really look at the data, it really wasn't a significant number of transactional volume. But I think what good that can come out of this is just the attention it received that these tools exist and maybe more focus on 
the things that need to still happen to expand their use. And so you still need more legislative changes. You still need more regulatory developments. You still need more process and technology developments on the part of the many participants to the industry before that would become more commonplace. But I think that will accelerate because of the pandemic. And over time, while it's the exception today, it might become the norm. When people do use the words digital, maybe not people close to the industry, but just in the broader sense, everybody tends to think of that, that signing moment and you know the signing of the documents, because that's what they think of as the closing. But when you really think about settlement, it's uh, on average, uh, at least in our company, and I, I, probably true in the broader industry, uh, on a purchase transaction, a 45 to 50 day process. And not that you're working exclusively on that transaction in the 45 to 55 days, but you're kind of in and out. But from start to finish, it's, it's let's say, 45 days. And that signing component's only about 45 minutes of that, whether that's in person, by the way, or electronic. And I think where we really need to think about and go is, is how do we use technology, and we can call it digital or just whatever we want to call it, to really play a, a bigger role over the course of that 45 days. Well, I think uh, your point's so well made there and, and, uh, and how it all works and how the whole community within realty industry, again, realty, lending, uh, all the various components, how does that all work through that 45 to 50 day process? Yeah, no, that's so true. You know, a lot of people want to talk about shortening closing times. And, you know, I don't know if that's good or bad, but whether it's 45 or 30 days or 20 days or 10 days, I don't know that any one participant can make that change if that's what we're trying to do. It will take all the participants to think about that. Where I'm at on it, I think our company's at on it is whatever that length of time is, how do we make the experience better for the participants? How do we make it more transparent? How do we improve the security of it? How do we make it that the people involved, while it still might be a 45-day process, they have to spend less time on that individual transaction inside those 45 days? That's, I think, a way that, that I like to think about it. And I think we're approaching it from FNF. Well, I think that's uh, so critical. And yes, every lender wants to close in two days, but of course, the lender's not necessarily ready for, for 40 to 50 days. They just want us to be ready. And you had alluded, though, too, uh, you know, about you know, the commercial market and where that, what happened there in the, the first part of uh, last year. You know, where do you see the commercial market at this point uh, from your vantage point and through the end of the year and maybe into 2022? Well, I'm very bullish on it. And I'll, I'll point to a couple things. And just again, for context, in, in 2019, we had our best year ever for revenue and open and closed orders commercial. And I would assume others probably would say the same thing. And as we came into 2020, the momentum was, was really increasing. I think we were in January and February up like 15% on orders over the prior year. So it just all signs were pointing to a red hot commercial market. Pandemic occurred, everything stopped. And then it slowly recovered more slowly than, than residential in the back half of 2020. And we also saw a slower recovery in what we call our national commercial footprint. These are our dedicated commercial operations that tend to handle the, the larger deals, the more sophisticated deals. That recovered more slowly than our, our local commercial market, which are the smaller transactions that we're kind of doing in our field operations across the country. 
Well, and I think that's uh, so important for our agents, obviously, just what you said, you know, as far as that breakout into a broader uh, geographic uh, area, that it's not just the money centers, that it's, uh, you know, the, the smaller cities are starting to see that return. Well, I'm sitting in Jacksonville and I'm staring out my window and I, there's a big building being built right out my window. And I can probably look out and see five or six commercial buildings that maybe weren't here five years ago. That's great news for our industry. It's great news for the economy. Yeah, agree. So what do you think, you know, will be the most important things for our agents to focus on over the six to nine months? Well, you know, I'm sure, you know, if you, you really put some time into it, you probably come up with a pretty long list. But as I think about it, I'd probably hit on a, on a few. One would be stay involved or get involved with your state and national land title associations. I think they're critically important and just become more important all the time. It's really the best opportunity, I think, particularly for agents to make sure they have influence. There's a lot of things that occur legislatively and regulatorily that can hurt our industry if we're not kind of on the forefront of those developments and the trade associations are a great way to do that. You know, you kind of mentioned, I think at the top about maybe the Ohio Land Title Association. I was on the board, as you know, I was past uh, president of the Ohio Land Title Association. And I saw firsthand how effective a small association can be when it has membership that kind of comes together to really deal with important things that are going on in the state. I mean, I think a good funds legislation, I think of controlled business legislation that we were really able to impact because we were very effective. At, at, and you remember this at building a grassroots program to, to influence legislators. So that would be one. Two, and I just think about this for myself, the kind of education the need to, to kind of focus on, you know, not just uh, your sort of professional development, your personal development, but just staying abreast of, of emerging trends, changes, and not just directly in our industry, but the things around us. I find that I'm just reading a lot more stuff than I ever did before. I, I joke with some of the people in the office that, that I, I used to be in the title business. But you have to really broaden your information gathering to stay on top of things. And then maybe two others would be, and these might be the, the, the most important, but retention and recruitment of talent. you got to be razor focused on retaining your, your people and bringing in new recruits, new thinking. I think the pandemic has changed how we think about this quite a bit. Certainly has opened my mind up around where you can recruit from. Remote work has proved to be pretty effective for certain positions. And, you know, frankly, you can hire in lots of places now, even if you're in a, in a local community somewhere. And then uh, you got to be mindful of how the pandemic has changed the way employees think and what, what they expect and want. So, and it's not an easy thing to figure out. So I spend a lot of time on that. And then technology, I talked a little bit about it before. I think in the industry, as we've thought about technology, it's primarily been focused internally. How do we become more productive? How do we you know, improve the title production process and so on? And I think we now need to, to migrate to how do we use technology to increase not only employee satisfaction and, and make their jobs better by the use of technology, but how do we use it to improve the client experience? F&F is both the leading family of companies and the leader in the industry. 
What can you discuss as to what our agents can look forward to from uh, F&F for the end of 2021 and 2022? Well, I think to your comment, you know, we're also the leader in agency. We're number one in agency and direct and also the industry. And agency is critically important to FNF. Of our total title segment revenues, our gross agency revenue is about 40% of our total title segment revenues. So it's really important to the income statement and it's important to our overall success. So I think in terms of what agents can expect is, and hopefully this is a good thing, but you know, more of the same, a focus on products and services that help make their businesses better, a focus on helping them grow their business. You know, we have, uh, as you know, Chuck, 1,500 or so dedicated agency employees that do nothing but show up for work every day focused on agents. You know, they're not coming to work to think about the directs. They're there and their mission is to grow agency. And I think you'll just see Continued growth in our educational offerings. You know, we've got the FNF Lead program. That's a great online resource tool. If if you're listening and you haven't looked at that, please do. Things like our digital closing hub. That's really for the public and and agents alike on developments on that sort of digital space. I think you'll continue to see us developing those things. And then things like um, our Tidal Wave Search product. That's grown tremendously. We'll continue to, to develop that and, you know, for agents that, that want to take advantage of it. And then maybe the last thing that comes to mind is SoftPro. We use that internally, so it's used by our direct offices, but it's also the number one closing and, and title production software in the industry. We have a lot, a lot of agents on it. You don't have to be on it, but, um, you know, we're going to continue to invest in that. And so I guess those are the things that kind of come to mind on the agency side. And because obviously I'm an agency and, and close to all those things, all very exciting lead and the digital closing hub, the award winning digital closing hub that uh, it, I think it's such a great support for agents. And I think, you know, your background in agency means so much. Those of us who have been agents, those of us who are familiar with agency, that means so much to our agents. Well, I tell you, you know, some of my and I, I mean, this, some of my fondest memories were my agency days and just. Just being in the car, you know, that's kind of how you did it. And I drove around the state of Illinois and then the state of Ohio. And you just went to a lot of towns. Some were small, some were bigger. And you met so many great people, you know, the owners of the agencies and their employees. And and I was just always impressed with the attitudes and the focus on taking care of customers in the broadest sense. You know, not just the realtors, not just the lenders, but the way consumers are treated and focused on. And it's just... It's all about the title industry, Chuck, that I think a lot about it. It attracts a lot of great people. I agree. It's the people of this industry that mean so much. Thank you so much for uh, joining us here today and uh, being part of FNF Unplugged. And again, we'd like to have you back here in a few months to uh, see where things are at that point in time. All right. Great, Chuck. Really enjoyed it and good to talk to you. Thank you so much, Mike. And thanks to everybody for listening. If you have questions, comments, or would like us to feature a specific topic, email fnfeducation at fnf.com. Thanks for downloading FNF Unplugged, a presentation of the FNF family of companies. All rights reserved.
This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent, including Fidelity National Financial or its directors. Please seek legal or financial advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.